2: Brian Kilmead. Thanks
0: so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hope you had a great Monday. We're going to have a better Tuesday. Cal and West at the bottom of the hour. A lot from you today. 1 866 408 7669. And of course, if you ever miss the show, uh, go to iTunes, go to uh, iHeartRadio, or just go to com and get the podcast. And if you ever have to travel and leave one of our local affiliates, and I hope you never have to, especially now, You can just go to radio.com and hear us anytime, anywhere, especially if you leave the country or have trouble getting back. Uh, We have a lot to discuss today, so let's get right to it. Big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big
3: Three. Number three. I truly think that if we do this right, we have an incredible opportunity
4: to not just dig out of this crisis, but to fundamentally transform the country.
0: Great, Joe Biden wants to transfer the cut, uh, transform the country. At seventy-seven years old, can't wait to see his lack of vision. Biden's America, the former VP, gives us a glimpse at America if he wins. Let's just say total transformation is an understatement with his plans. And then there are these people who be pulling his strings. Their plans are also curious, from energy to foreign policy to spending and taxes. It'll be a brand new ball game. Time for Trump to expose and dispose.
5: Number two.
6: Children, in school and out, are not the spreaders of COVID-19. Over 95% of the time, it's adults, so we, we can't target them and take them out of schools. Very big tragedy from a public health point of view.
0: That is uh, Dr. Mark Siegel. The COVID comeback has more schools delaying reopening, but is that fair to the students when the risk is so very small and the price so very great? Plus, Houston's mayor asked for another lockdown and another aid package may be zooming our way
3: number one if we continue to go about this issue as demonizing and criticizing law enforcement without limitations and not recognizing the dangers the challenges, and the human elements, then we will live in a space that is lawlessness because you won't find good men and women willing to do this job.
0: Sheriff Paul Penzone, in Maricopa County, Arizona. Violence rages across the country as New York shootings soar. Antifa organizers and terrorizes Portland. While funds leave, police departments in cities like Seattle and Minneapolis and innocent children, in many cases, lose their lives. Someone's got to make a stand. So let's talk about it. I'm going to hit you with some numbers. 634 shootings already this year in New York. That's compared to 394. Used to be the safest city. I didn't know many people that were complaining about the NYPD. Stop and frisk was something that was controversial, but the goals were pure. It was to get guns out of the city and to go into the places where most guns were and tell people we could stop and frisk you if they sensed that you were carrying something. That was the controversy. But now it's overall policing. I mean, they used to actually, people used to take pictures with the NYPD. And I don't mean to think this is all New York because it's not. In Portland, you know what's happening in Portland? Have you had a chance to see this? You talk about a mess. They've had 40 straight days of unrest, 40 straight days. And with that unrest comes violence. And there's a sense that Antifa is very much behind it, more behind that than maybe every other place, because it seems very well organized. Uh, They seem to be a force. They seem to be well armed, which I think is scary. In fact, Here's a little of the sounds on the street in Portland, Oregon. I know we got a great affiliate over there. And uh, in Portland, anything but understanding. Uh, sorry about the language that we'll have to bleep out. Cut eight. This is a Portland protester to a cop.
2: She, she has a health condition. Please. I hope someone kills your whole family. That wasn't me, homie. That was, I, I that hope they so. kill you too. I, didn't say that too. I hope someone burns down your whole precinct with all y'all inside. Can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a report, and I'd love to see follow-up on this, especially after the arrest uh, trying to take down the Andrew Jackson statue in Washington. A report in the Seattle Times claims that that the anti-fascist group Antifa, the Pacific Northwest Youth Liberation Front, is another form of that, is behind a month-long period of violent unrest in downtown Portland. It just seems to organize, say, experts. Ted Wheeler, who, like Seattle Mayor-led Jenny Durkin originally was a support of this— now is making an effort to try to get a hold of this, initially supported the protest, believing them to be connected to a national anti-police brutality protest. I guess that's okay if you're a mayor. Well, the group's unverified Twitter account is over 21,000 followers and says it's de- a decentralized network of autonomous youth collectives dedicated to direct action towards liberation. From what? That's my words. The feds and Portland police are very quickly finding out if they can, they can build a fortress and use... Literal siege tactics. Uh, the people will put their blank fortress under siege was the answer. So I know you probably mostly are not in Portland, but just so you know, we're not reporting on it as much as we should. It is a mess. Uh, in Arizona, you just heard uh, what the feeling is on the ground. In New York, it is really out of control. They are cutting a billion dollars out of The police. Now, I told you that last week. Now, they're not really feeling it yet, but the spirit is certainly there. When you talk about Mayor de Blasio, so with this shooting of a one-year-old over the weekend, he just happened to be playing at a park, got shot in the chest, and died. Not the only kid they killed, but it's the latest, and it is tragic, and the mayor is nowhere to be found. It turns out the police commissioner did go meet with the mom. Here's Mayor de Blasio. On the raging violence. Now, I'm just going to, before I roll this, gun violence over the last week is up 253%. That is shooting victims. Gun violence, just flat out shootings, up 277% over the last week. That occurred the New York Daily News and NYPD stats. So, Mayor de Blasio must be understanding that this is a time of emergency, right? Cut for it.
7: We obviously took money out of the NYPD budget put it into youth programs, put it into social services, put it into recreation centers for young people. Um, that's really the the right direction. I'm glad we did that. But the fact that we're going to have to fight crime in many ways is also clear. We need the good work of the men and women of the NYPD in the streets of our city.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that nuts? He goes on, cut five.
7: Safety comes from... A bond between police and community. That's what neighborhood policing has been about. And until the coronavirus, it was overwhelmingly successful. We have to fight back and become once again what we were. Now, since
0: the protest, George Floyd's death, for you telling the police officers to take off your riot gear, for you understaffing every single night, for you not protecting um, areas and cities and neighborhoods, some of which fuel the, economic, fuel the economic powerhouse, which is New York City. And on top of that, the coronavirus. But I hate to tell you, but this isn't a bunch of un- uh, unemployed teens that couldn't get jobs in shopping malls. There's an organization here dropping off bricks, continuing to fuel and supply. And create unrest. So I believe it plays a role in it. So come November, they'll say, I got to make a change. This country's a mess. Well, the virus is a mess. We've never been down this road before. Nobody's happy that the South and Southwest is getting the virus like a blowtorch through the area. But that is not why there's unrest. That's not why they're shooting. It's because if you ask a police officer, they have been disempowered by a myriad of mayors across our country. That's not the only thing I want to talk about today. I also want to talk about uh, with uh, with the president soon. By the way, this is a great opportunity for the president just to come out and do what he ran on. Law and order. This is what I want to do. This is what they are doing. And if Joe Biden's going to stay silent, we know where he stands. That means he's okay with it. And this is pure. This is not one of these things you have to go in there and do a focus group on. This is pure Trump. So you want law and order? You want this. You want to go back to school or you want to just keep your kids at home? So the virus has thrown everything, all the president's plans to revitalize the economy that Jared Kushner said would be on fire in July, even though the numbers were strong in June. But you mean that they're beginning to shut down to a degree in Texas, shut down to a degree in California. They shut down. um, You can't go indoors in restaurants. They're going to step down malls. They're shutting down a lot. You can't possibly think that the economy is not going to be hurt by that and kind of a depressing uh, July. But to make the announcement yesterday that you're not going to have schools open at least in August and at least part of September, I think, is out of control. And then when you look and say, what are California schools dealing with? Well, we know that the transmission from kid to adult is low. We know from kid to kid the dangers and the passage of the virus is almost infinitesimal, right? It uh, it goes off the charts. Then I'm saying to myself, why why aren't they going? Well, maybe there's some older teachers that are worried. Well, can there be some provisions that they still get paid and maybe some teacher's assistants get elevated? Could you actually open up some maybe uh, other schools so to make these class sizes smaller and maybe get some of these teachers that are just subs that are waiting for that full-time job and get them to that full-time job and see how they are for the next year or so? And then I look at what the teachers' unions is asking for. In Los Angeles, you know what they're asking for? Uh, you have to, to fund the police. They need $500 billion in federal aid, a wealth tax, a millionaire's tax, and financial support for legal immigrants. Excuse me? You're there. You should be looking for different teaching tools. You should be looking for arrows on the ground. You should be looking for separations between desks. You should not be caring about defunding police and Medicare for all. And if we give you $500 billion, we're going to give every state $500 billion or close to that? We already have set record deficits for the month. But if you have people with agendas like that, if unions that don't have the best interests of the kids in mind, we'll never get this economy going again. 1-866-408-7669. Now, the last uh, part that we're going to be discussing today is – well, we'll be discussing everything. We'll still discuss a little bit of sports. But I also want to talk about what Joe Biden's look at America will be like. And Joe Biden's look at America uh, essentially is – 100% clean electricity by 2035. Oops, oil and gas industry. If you are thinking about voting for this man, you are actually cutting your own throat and the legacy of your children. Two trillion over four years just on clean energy. Now, you might want clean energy. That's called natural gas, too. And I believe that we found a way to burn oil and gas cleaner than anybody else as well. Biden says, and I quote, we're at a point, a real inflection point in American history, and I don't believe it's unlike what President Roosevelt faced, FDR. I think we have an enormous opportunity to make some real systematic changes as it relates to racism, but institutional ways in which we handle things. And I think the country is ready. the Post headline is, Joe Biden makes it clear the country is ready for big change. OK, this guy has never been about big change. Whose agenda is he running with? How many people are thrilled to get back in the Paris deal where we cut back and limit our economy, but Russia and China have about 50 years to limit their economy? I mean, we looked at this Paris deal and we said, please— uh, may the next president be a Republican to get us out of this. And when we did, all he talks about is getting us back into a deal that even Europe, I don't believe, is adhering to. one i will get your take. Also, I'm kind of worried about sports. Baseball about to start in a couple of weeks. Basketball reporting to the bubble. they got to practice for 20 days. Now I think it's down to 16 days. They have some positive tests, it seems, coming up in baseball. And this is going to be a big week in football. I'm real worried that the SEC is not going to play. Uh, They're waiting to the end of July to make that move. If they do that, then there's no reason for anybody else to play. If the best, most lucrative conference is going to say, I can't do it in the fall, Patriot League, which is a Division I league in the Northeast, and the Northeast is not bad for the virus right now, they have just given up on fall sports. I worry if the SEC gives up on fall, and if for some reason baseball stops midstream and basketball doesn't follow through, I think hockey will force through. That's just the way they're made. I worry there's no football. If there's no football, everybody suffers, including the networks, especially this one. Uh, And I think these guys can play. So let them play. 1-866-408-7669. A lot to discuss. I want to see what's on your mind. I'm also going to get through your email. I promise.
2: It's Brian Kilmade.
8: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
0: As many of you know from your own life experiences, a life in so-called blue-collar work is something to be proud of.
2: Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show.
3: I have deputies now who have suffered a significant trauma during this event. If I have less dollars, that means I can't have a program in place to check and care for them to ensure that they can return to service in a healthy capacity. If you defund law enforcement, that means when we make decisions relative to do we have a gun and a taser or just a gun, If we're going to face lethal force, we have to have at least that option available to protect ourselves and others. Now you're limiting other options that could be non-lethal.
0: Yeah, in Seattle, they're looking to take the 911 uh, call away. In other domestic disputes, they're looking to send social workers in or uh, co-ride with the uh, with the police officers who are most likely going to be armed. Uh, they They are talking about just cutting back on the numbers and using the budget for other things. And I cannot believe these mayors are getting a look at their liberal policies in motion in real time and are still backing it. Remember how that sheriff in... Uh, how the mayor in Seattle reversed course, now the mayor in Portland reversed course, and you can't blame Donald Trump. Duke is listening in Freedom 970. He's going to bring us into Portland and tell us what's happening on the ground. Duke, what is happening there?
9: Hey, Brian. This place looks like a freaking, excuse my sorry, a war zone down here. The mayor and city council totally encouraging this behavior. We have buildings that are boarded up, people that are afraid to go out at night to go downtown. I mean, pandemic aside, it's, it's crazy right now down here. And I don't understand when we can stand up and take this back. I want someone to have the leadership to put a stop to the pull-off every night. Forty nights, like you said. It's, it's crazy.
2: Uh,
0: I mean, you have a man charged in connection with the drive-by shooting in Portland. You have kids being killed. Um, you have somebody in Atlanta, a nine-year-old, honor roll student, was doing a TikTok video, was gunned down, shot multiple times uh, in Atlanta. I told you about New York. I said new time records. But in the backdrop of all this, I don't see much video, but I keep seeing the story, 40-plus straight days of chaos and unrest in Portland. I'm thinking, what's going on there? And Do you feel as though the police uh, are been defanged or told to stand down, or do they feel they're outnumbered?
9: Well, at this point, not only are they outnumbered, they're be- becoming outgunned. They're becoming outarmed. Uh, they've been told to stand down and just you know protect the buildings and whatnot, but then they're getting fireworks shot at them, ball bearings, glass bottles being thrown with no recourse. They have, have no means to protect themselves unless it gets totally out of hand. The city council filed, a, if I remember right, they uh, are restricting the use of even tear gas to break up civil disturbances down here, and... They're, they're sitting ducks, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. They just defunded, or passed, city uh, city council passed where they can uh, defund the um, uh, street violence team or the gun reduction team, excuse me. And then we just had a string of shootings over the weekend. That's here in Portland is a little uncommon, but you can see the uptick, and it's the, the trend is actually starting to get kind of scary.
0: I mean, to the point where can you run a business in downtown Portland?
9: If you invest heavily in, uh, in plexiglass and, and plywood...
0: perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke. Uh, Duke, it's unbelievable that this is allowed to happen. There's not more outrage. You know, there'd be outrage. if It was one of Donald Trump's policies that caused this, but are you, uh, I, you must be frustrating. Brian, listen, WRCN Long Island, Brian.
9: Hey, Brian. Uh, so this, this is all in all these actions
10: are in justification of the democratic platform. They, 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 they need, they need to show this
11: country as racist in order to, to, justify these actions, and and when you look at, and I have looked at the statistics, when you look at, at African immigrants coming in, into this
10: country, they're extremely, extremely successful. They're among the highest earners in, in the country, Indians, Indian immigrants, or... All immigrants coming into this country. It doesn't matter what color or creed, and it's because they haven't been indoctrinated to this false narrative that everyone is racist in this country that they're being held back and, and gets in these communities and, and they feel like that they, they can't excel, they can't succeed. And and, and it, it 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 just it yeah. continues the
0: problem. I know it's, like, it's a bad it's a bad cycle. It's almost like we gotta look back to look forward. Brian, thanks. Brian Kilmicha.
2: The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. So
12: things are happening that nobody's ever seen happening, happen in uh, cities that are liberally run. I call them radical lip. And yet uh, they'll go and uh, march on areas and rip everything down in front of them. If that's what you want for a country, uh, you probably have to vote for sleepy Joe Biden because he doesn't know what's happening. But uh, you're not going to have it with me.
0: President's frustrated and he knows it's technically his report card because it's happening on his watch. But it's happening in cities where he's really helpless. I mean, who would think that you're going to be a mayor and not even be interested in reigning in the death and destruction? Who would think that it would be in the best interest of a mayor in a second term? Just to allow the NYPD to be defunded and disgraced, have the uh, have the precinct defiled in front of them and disempower them but that's what the president's looking at he says worst comes to worse, i'll send in troops but you can't really send in troops if the city's against it i mean you might have a city fighting each other uh that would be a disaster on every on every level lieutenant colonel alan west joins us um he is uh hoping to be the next leader of the gop in texas and right now i understand that that conference that convention is put on hold right colonel west
13: yeah good morning brian i'm sorry i'm late i just finished up with my physical therapy for my shoulder the uh, city of houston canceled the convention Uh, The current leadership of the Republican Party of Texas filed a lawsuit, but what it came out to be proven was that in the contract they originally signed with the city of Houston, the words pandemic uh, were included as a means by which they could cancel. So the Texas Supreme Court ruled with the city of Houston. So late last night, the decision was made to go to a virtual uh, convention, which uh, you know, I'm heading down to Houston tomorrow to try to figure out how this is going to happen and whether the rules going to be for this. A lot of people here really upset. A lot of people, the delegates to the convention, concerned. There are some places out in Texas, rural areas, where they don't have great internet uh, connectivity. So there's a lot of things to consider now.
0: Absolutely, the size of that. Texas bigger than most. Uh, the size Texas bigger than most countries. So diverse, but it is somewhat under siege from this virus. I know I had a doctor on today who's been in San Antonio, Austin and Houston and says they're all uh, busting at the seams. What could you tell us?
13: Well, you know, I'm up here in Dallas County uh, and, and we're not seeing the exact same thing but I think that what we're seeing are a lot of young people that are coming down with it. The, the key facts we don't know is that are they asymptomatic and, of course, if they're asymptomatic, the CDC has come out and said that they're not going to be able to, to spread the virus. And then the other thing is that we still have to come to understand is what's the recovery rate? Yes, we're having new cases because we're doing more testing, but what is the recovery rate? Because we knew going into this, we have seen a 996 to 99.8% recovery rate. and so So I don't want to see us get into the alarmist mode. I mean, there are some people talking about shutting down the Texas economy once again, which would be detrimental. Houston,
0: they want to shut down Houston again.
13: Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- you got some issues with uh, the county judge down there, Lena Hidalgo, who spent, uh, I think, almost 60 million dollars for a temporary hospital facility previously that was never used. So a lot of people are concerned about, again, you know, this this being a crisis that people are trying to take advantage of for political reasons.
0: Well, let's hope not. Uh, here is uh, Joe Biden thinks he can win Texas. And here's his ad.
4: I'm thinking of all of you today across Texas. I know the rise in case numbers is causing fear and apprehension. People are frightened. And they're especially worried about their parents, their grandparents, their loved ones who are most at risk. This virus is tough, but Texas is tougher. We can stop the spread. And it's up to all of us to do it. We have to step up and do both the simple things and the hard things to keep our families and our neighbors safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Stay home if you can and socially distance when you go out. How many
0: boats
2: did he get?
13: (laughs) Uh, Probably zero. I will tell you right now, if people haven't been paying attention... Uh, many of the county GOPs have come out with censures against Governor Greg Abbott because of his uh, mandatory mask wearing. And also the governor sent a letter to the mayor of Austin, Texas, Stephen Adler, who said and he said, do whatever you need to do in order to make sure that my mask mandate is followed. Well, guess what happens in Austin, Texas? You can face up to a two thousand dollar fine if you're not wearing a mask. And that has people here in Texas living. But look, you can't mandate things. If we we want to arrest people like they're talking to Colorado or fine people like they're talking in Austin, then the state legislature has to come back in the session and, you know, debate and create a law, not just the governor coming out and saying, you know, by, by mandate, so let it re- be written, so let it be done. So there are a lot of people here in Texas that are upset with what they think is the executive overreach of Governor Abbott, uh, who has gone beyond his 30-day emergency powers, and he has not brought the legislature in to uh, have them debate these issues and debate these things and not rule over us, but rather govern. So
0: you're, you're not happy with him right now. I don't know. You know, I guess he's getting kind of desperate because the numbers keep going up.
13: Well, the numbers keep going up, but I think also we need to explain why the numbers are going up and, and the demographic of the people that the numbers are going up for. Uh, we are seeing a, a drop in the number of deaths. There's no doubt about it. And again, of course, if you're 60 to 65 and, and over with underlying health conditions, we have to be very concerned about that, and we, have to, we can take the precautions for that. But once again, the draconian responses and measures that we see and shutting down, you know, Houston has a very strong economic market. Guess Guess what? The think about the oil industry and the refineries that are down there in Houston and the ramifications that we have already seen previously on the oil and gas industry could happen uh, once again because of this, you know, wanting to shut down for two weeks. So I think that, you know, leadership, Brian, as what I learned from in the military, leadership is not about telling people and and acting very frantic. Leadership is about being calm and talking about what can be done and how we can get through this. And uh, I think that that's what people are looking for. So Joe Biden didn't get any votes with that commercial ad. So,
0: I am not you know in terms of a communicator um, Governor Cuomo's real good because he gets to ask himself questions. Uh, he actually literally gives speeches by asking himself questions because no one else asks him tough questions. so now we have a numbers way down I mean, there were zero deaths, and I know you're happy about that in New York uh yeah. city over the weekend in Long Island it's down to uh the positive testing rate it's point. So it's all going in the right direction. But if anyone thinks that the virus is done, you haven't been paying attention. Someone should tell Cuomo this. Listen to him, not only take a bow for himself, but listen
4: to what he accuses the president of. Cut 21. Trump's COVID scandal makes what Nixon did at Watergate look innocent. Nobody died in the Watergate scandal. Thousands of people are going to die in this COVID scandal, and that is all the difference in the world. You look at the facts, the facts clearly demonstrate Trump was wrong from day one, and New Yorkers have been right from day one. There's no argument. There's nothing to tweet about. The facts are in. The numbers are in. Well, first off, the numbers
0: are in (laughs) on nursing homes, too. 6,200, that was the genius that put them back in, and they all killed each other uh, by spreading the virus to each other.
13: Well, that's that selective memory that it seems that Governor Cuomo has, as as well as those on the progressive socialist left. Without a doubt, this is a virus, and we have learned from this virus. And guess what? I mean, heart disease and, and the regular common flu season, there are so many other aspects of this that continue to, you know, that we suffer from, but we're not curing uh, in a heartbeat. So we will find out the, the best way, and there are a lot of people working on creating a vaccine and treatments for this virus. But to try to sit down and say that this is a COVID-19 scandal, the Chinese are the ones that started this thing. And so I would love to see Governor Cuomo focus his energies against the Chinese and how, what they did to make sure that this was proliferated all across the world
0: he got his european he blames europe uh, for that and he doesn't forget that trump gave him everything he needed while he needed yeah. it and by the way he hoarded it and now is giving it away he got way too many ventilators we we built we sent a ship hospital he barely used and we converted uh, mm-hmm. the country converted our only convention center the javits center which he only used 100 beds so what yeah. about what, what about returning that check
13: Well, that's never going to happen. I mean, that's just the same as the county judge down in Harris County, which is Houston, Lena Hidalgo, and the tens of millions of dollars that she wasted down there. So they're not going to do that. They're not going to examine themselves. They're going to do everything they possibly can to drop this in the lap of President Trump. Here's Hillary
0: Clinton on The Daily Show last night. The Daily Show, I know. It's still on. I didn't know either. Let's listen.
7: I think it is um, a fair point to raise as to whether or not if he loses, um, he's going to go quietly or not. Uh, And we have to be ready for that. That combined with misinformation and disinformation and all of the online uh, shenanigans that we saw in 2016. So uh, I'm look, I want a fair election.
0: So she went on to say that she thinks he will not go quietly. He's going to blame it on mail-in voting if he loses.
13: Well, if uh, he does not go quietly, it's all because he learned that lesson from Hillary Clinton that definitely has not gone quietly away. And and again, think about this. From, from Hillary Clinton's loss, we got this thing called the resistance. And, and now we have Antifa. Now we have all of these groups that are out in the streets tearing down statues, monuments, and what have you. So if there are anyone, any group, any party that has not accepted the results of a presidential election, and if there's any party that tried to undermine a duly elected president it's the democrat party and we know that we have the, the facts that show that that to be the case uh a a you know like a little secret hidden coup the insurance policy that we heard peter strock and lisa page talk about so i think they need to look at themselves in the mirror
0: so mazzi orono came out and she was asked about the president's base and who these people are And I'm a little stunned that she'd be this tone deaf after seeing how Hillary Clinton paid the price for ridiculing people that support Trump. Cut 43.
14: We should be dealing with the racism that is in our country to which the president speaks to because he has a base of supporters who are very anti-immigrant and uh, white supremacists. That's who that's a lot of his base. And that's who he speaks to. So the divisiveness continues.
0: So isn't that
4: great?
13: Yeah, I guess I'm a white supremacist now. Look, Brian, if you want to talk about yeah, if you want to talk about the, the purveyors of systemic racism in the United States of America, just look at the history of the Democrat Party. Uh, they didn't support the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. They created the Ku Klux Klan in order to keep blacks from voting. Republican Jim Crow, segregation, lynchings, the soft bigotry of low expectations, the longest Senate uh, filibuster in U.S. Senate history were Senate Democrats trying to keep the 1964 civil rights legislation from coming to uh, to the Florida Senate. The, that legislation passed because of Senate Republicans, Everett Dirksen. And you look at the failures of the major urban population centers today. Who controls all those major population centers? Those are the Democrats. When you look at the decimation of the black family, Democrats. And and that was Lyndon Baines Johnson. Even Daniel Patrick Monaghan, the senator from New York, spoke out against that in his book, The Negro Family. So uh, again, the the Democrat Party needs to look at themselves in the mirror. And if we want to talk about racism, that issue falls squarely in the hands of the Democrat Party. She's
0: such an embarrassment. Every time she speaks, just hatred and venom comes out of her mouth. Uh, so, uh, Colonel, if people want to support you, when is the big mm-hmm. day?
13: The big day will be this Friday. Uh, we got to figure out how this virtual vote is going to happen. Uh, but it is this Friday, and we look forward to the results. We have finished very strong. And west4texas.com is the website, west4texas.com.
0: Uh, pretty great things. Colonel, thanks so much. I'm glad your rehab went well.
13: Thank you, brother. Take you, care, Brian.
0: You got it. Uh, we come back. Your turn. 1-866-408-7669. Uh, this is the Brian Kilmeade Show
2: don't go anywhere brian kilmeade will be right back it's the hammer
8: time podcast fox news channels bill hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day. find hammer time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com america's listening to
2: fox news the talk show that's getting you talking you're with brian kilmeade
0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We have a lot to discuss today. Thanks so much, for Colonel West, for joining us. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. Let's find out if there's even even more to know.
2: More to know. So the NBA is allowing
0: you to write slogans or things that you want to change, activist slogans on the back of your jerseys. LeBron James uh, said, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, the NBA apparel people are actually selling things with message on the back of the jerseys however until this morning you could not put things on there like blue lives matter or free hong kong the nba appears to have reversed course though and allowing that after they got some backlash you see what they wanted they go ahead and think they could be activists and make people feel good but there's always controversy with that hours after viral video showing the customers could not order any free hong kong jerseys the online store now allows it a video shared by Twitter user named Vince on Sunday evening went viral, showing his attempt to order it came back unable to. Meanwhile, uh, I look for more backlash as Andrew Wojnarowski came back at Senator Josh Howley for coming out and say, "Why don't the why isn't the NBA tougher on China? After all, they've jailed almost a million Muslims just for being Muslims, and what they've doing to Hong Kong, stripping it dry." Next. Everybody has become too fragile in Hollywood. That, according to very liberal Oliver Stone. Stone said everything has become too fragile, uh, too sensitive. Quote, everything we every time we do this, we now you have to, when you go to film a, a scene, you can't do it without a COVID advisor. You can't make a film without a sensitivity counselor. It's ridiculous. The Academy changes its mind every 5, 10, uh, uh, five, 10 2 months about what it's trying to keep up with. It's politically correct blank. And it's not a world I'm anxious to run out into. Now, when Hollywood's complaining about political correctness, they might have gone too far. Next, Ricky Gervais blasting Hollywood, the new weird sort of fascism targeting hate speech. He can't figure
10: out what it is. There's this new weird sort of fascism of people thinking they know what you can say and what you can't. And it's a really weird thing that... There's this new trendy myth that people who want free speech want it to say awful things all the time. This just isn't true. It protects everyone.
0: And that is true. He says, uh, he went on to say, and I'll paraphrase, you know, he came up with the idea of the office in London and became more successful as Steve Carell in America. He said it would be very hard to do now to navigate. Uh, and that's why there's probably not going to be any reunion. Next. Not into mail in voting. More evidence. I'm right. Ron Timms of Atlanta, Georgia, says he checked his mail Wednesday and found a voter registration application addressed to Cody Timms, who is his cat, who died 12 years ago. Uh, I hate to tell you, there's a lot of dead people I know getting voting applications as well as got the $1,200 checks. Forget voting by mail, even though Barack Obama says we have to do it, which means we definitely should not do it. Next. What happened to the murder hornets? They are spreading south and have been spotted in Washington state. Murder hornets appear to be spreading there. About a thousand people have scrambled to set up traps since the reports of the insect being found in the U.S. for the first time. Uh, The WSDA public engagement specialist, Carlos Slip, says, says the biggest risk to humans would be if you stepped in a nest and were stung multiple times. So something else to worry about. And finally... Blue Spaces Cure the Blues Study shows that walking along beach Improves your mood and well-being Hate to tell you We kind of knew that That's why we walk on the beach to begin with uh, That's a look at More to Know And now, as the saying goes You know more Go to BrianKilme.com You can order any enter my books Including Sam Houston, The Alamo Avengers Now on paperback with brand new material How Sam Houston interacted with Abraham Lincoln You can also see the video version on Fox Nation
2: From the Fox News Radio studios in New York City, giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: From New York, heard around the country and around the world, this is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Varney and company will simulcast us. On the Fox Business Network, the fastest growing channel in cable, uh, and that's the number one show there. Sorry, uh, Lou Dobbs. Uh, we'll be doing that in a simulcast. Newt Gingrich is standing by with his brand new book with insight on Trump. You're not going to get anywhere else. And meanwhile, we have a lot to go over today, including some, uh, some news that's happening while we speak. And we know the president of the United States is going to be speaking. He's uh, behind the scenes working hard along with Steve Mnuchin and Mitch McConnell, to get another rescue package through. Because with all the shutdown, it looks as though even though we had a 4.8 million jobs last month, we're going to have trouble keeping that pace in July. Because we're shutting back down in Texas and California. So let's get to the big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. I truly think that if we do this right, we have an incredible
4: opportunity to not just dig out of this crisis, but to fundamentally transform
0: the country. Uh, Joe Biden at 77 finally sees the light and wants to transform the country. We get a brief glimpse at Biden's America and there are people out there pulling his strings that have another vision. I wonder who's going to be speaking the lattice. from energy to foreign policy to spending and taxes. It will be a new ballgame if he wins. It's time for Trump to expose and depose. Number two,
6: children in school and out are not the spreaders of COVID-19. Over 95% of the time, it's adults. So we, we can't target them and take them out of schools. Very big tragedy from a public health point of view
0: uh covid comeback has been has schools delaying reopening but is that fair to the students when the risk is so very small and the price of missing school so great plus Houston's mayor asked for another lockdown so could Los Angeles and another aid package as i mentioned could be zooming our way
3: number 1 if we continue to go about this issue as demonizing and criticizing law enforcement without limitations and not recognizing the dangers, the challenges, and the human elements, then we will live in a space that is lawlessness because you won't find good men and women willing to do this job.
0: Absolutely. Violence rages across uh, the country in major cities. New York shootings, SOAR, and Antifa organizers uh, organizes and terrorizes Portland while funds leave police departments, uh, Seattle, Minneapolis, Chicago. Children being shot in cold blood just because they're on the playground. Someone has to make a stand. And with me right now is Newt Gingrich, who's seen high and low times with this country. Former Speaker of the House, author of a brand new book, Trump and the American Future, solving the great problems of our time. Newt, when it comes to the cities, have you ever seen it like this?
15: No, I think it's decaying pretty rapidly. You know, the very idea that on Monday there were 17 people shot in New York City. Um, they, they often have high shootings of the weekend, but for a weekday, uh, to have 17 people shot, and of course, the Democrats who run the city don't have a clue, so they want to cut the police budget. They want to refuse to bring on the next uh, cycle of rookies. Uh, they're just continuing to make the city more vulnerable. And Chicago is even worse than New York. And uh, none of these guys seem to understand there's a direct correlation between having enough police and stopping the predators who are willing to rob and kill people.
0: But don't worry, Mayor de Blasio is all over it. He sees the problem and he knows who's to blame. Let's listen.
7: Safety comes from a bond between police and community. That's what neighborhood policing has been about. And until the coronavirus, it was overwhelmingly successful. We have to fight back and become once again what we were. Really? It was overwhelmingly successful.
15: Well, first of all, this is the guy who just cut a billion dollars out of the police budget. So why would he think any policeman would trust him? And he's somebody who routinely attacks the police and has contempt for the police. And I think that that's a problem whether you're in uh, Seattle, where they just cut the police budget by 50% in minneapolis where the democrats are actually abolishing the police department I mean, these are experiments that are and insane uh i mean to believe that if you abolish the police department and replace it with social workers uh that you're going to increase the safety level uh, you this, this can only come from very wealthy people who have their own security guards and are protected in nice neighborhoods. Because out in the real world, you create a vacuum that's going to be filled by bad people.
0: But, uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, it is Donald Trump's presidency. Right. It is his first four years, and and maybe his only four years. We'll have to see what happens over the next four months. And is he responsible because it's his country right now?
15: Well, look, I, I, I think that they should take a much more aggressive position on going after people who kill americans you, you may remember the recent story about jessica whittaker uh, who was an indianapolis mother of one who was shot dead for saying all lives matter now the fbi should be in there tracking down who did this and providing help to the local uh system because uh the objective fact is that uh, these, these kind of things are happening all over the country. They're direct infringements on how can you say is that you have the, the rights of a U.S. citizen if you can be shot dead uh, for saying all lives matter. He- and I think that uh, in, in the civil rights movement in the 70s, I mean, in the 60s, um, Robert F. Kennedy sent the FBI into Mississippi to hunt down people who were killing Americans. And I think if necessary... Uh, If if the cities will not protect their citizens, I think that the president should take the position that the federal government has an obligation precisely as a matter of their right as American citizens uh, to protect them.
0: So, uh, you know, with a one-year-old was shot and uh, the dad was, uh, and his mother, uh, the grandmother, the, uh, the little boy, shot at one years old, just on the playground, sitting in a stroller, shot in the chest and died. A nine-year-old, honor roll student, shot as he filmed a TikTok video in Atlanta, uh, outside where he was shot. He was shot four times. It was a drive-by shooting. They're killing kids in a drive-by shooting. When uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez was asked about the rising crime across the country, especially in New York, especially with kids. Listen
10: to what she said.
4: Keep in mind that this uptick in crime that's happening
10: right now is with a $6 billion New York City Police Department budget. We have shoved more and more and more money every single year into the NYPD, $6 billion. And it has not prevented this uptick in crime. So, why? But let's back up. Why is this uptick in crime happening? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, you're, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night.
0: So is this Groundlings where you're forced to improv an answer where you're just clueless? I mean,
15: what is, what is she talking uh, no, about? She, look, look, she's telling you her worldview. In her worldview is the police are always wrong. Yep, criminals are always legitimate. This is why New York has a no bail provision, which, if you think about it, is utterly crazy. You don't, have to, you don't have to post any bail. Uh, you know sorry, the story you of know, the bank robber who robbed a bank for six consecutive days and kept getting out every single day, and finally said to the policeman, "You know, how come they don't keep you anymore?" Uh, yeah. This is crazy, but that's that's the the. Radical Democrats believe in a world in which the police are terrible, capitalism is evil, if you're white you're automatically a racist, uh, and you have no right to speak up unless you're going to repeat exactly what they tell you to say. So,
0: Newt Gingrich, our guest, and he's got a great perspective on the president. I don't think there's very few people the president respects more than you. And you have this book, Trump and the American Future, solving the great problems of our time. And, Newt, you talk about this election being substantial. And you say, not since 1964 has the choice of an election been so stark. And that was Barry Goldwater against LBJ. So, you believe it's that stark. But the guy with the ball, unlike Barry Goldwater, Goldwater, wants to keep things going. The people that are leading right now in most of the polls want to dramatically change things. 77-year-old Joe Biden wants to transform this country in a way that, he says, almost like FDR with the New Deal. So can you expand on what we're up against as a nation?
15: Yeah, I actually think in terms of consequences, it's the biggest election since 1860 and 1864 uh, when Lincoln was on the ballot. Because I think that a Biden... Pelosi-Schumer team will radicalize this country into a place that that we literally will not recognize within two or three years. I think they are, for example, Pelosi got 207 Democrats to vote for a bill which pays a bonus of $1,200 to every illegal immigrant. So if you can get to America illegally, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats will pay you $1,200 as a reward. I mean, just think about how irrational that is. And you just go down item after item that is like this. And that's the world that that Biden now represents. I mean, Biden is essentially uh, the front piece for an extraordinarily radical uh, approach to things. And if you look at the, uh, for example, the the various brainwashing projects in Seattle for city employees, uh, I think that they're probably illegal because they violate your right of conscience. They violate your right of free speech. And they violate your standing under the 14th Amendment for for equal treatment. And what you're seeing emerge is a new racism. And Biden is perfectly happy to be the front person for this new racism, which is a uh, captured by people like the Black Lives Matter. And and here's why, Newt. And by the way,
0: Newt, the the line isn't great, but he's calling us from Italy. So I, I appreciate it. So. Nude, you're not overstating this, and you know who made it clear that you're not overstating this in your book. Joe Biden yesterday. One thing he's going to do is transform our energy by 20. He's going to get us back into the Paris, uh, the Paris, uh, uh, the, Pir- the Paris, uh, uh, whatever that Paris Accord that is going to basically bring to our knees oil and gas Hello? industry. A hundred percent, he plans, his goal is by 2035, a hundred percent clean electricity standard. Two trillion over the next four years on clean energy. We are now, he is going to be taking over if he wins a country that's number one in oil and number one in natural gas. He will end that. Also, I don't see how anyone who is pro-law enforcement has a cop in their family, a retired cop, or anybody who's pro-law enforcement would ever vote for Joe Biden. His silence during this mayhem tells you exactly how he feels. This might be the president's best chance to get the police union. Do you agree?
15: I, I do. and remember that Biden has 13 people on his staff who gave money to bail out looters and violent people in uh, Minneapolis. So I mean, there's a very clear record of them being pro-criminal and anti-police. And it's been compounded now by Schumer, who has come out in favor of a Sanders amendment to cut tens percent out of the defense budget. So you have a, and I said this in a newsletter I did today at English 360. You now have a Democratic Party which wants to defund the police and defund the military. So they wouldn't fund this either at home or abroad.
0: Uh, a quick other thing uh, to add. Over the last two days, Georgetown is trying to get uh, Churchill off the name of one of their schools and Madison. Also, Hofstra University has been successful in moving the Thomas Jefferson statue not only away from the main side, the center of their campus, but basically off campus. When you see what's happened to the Virgin Mary statues in Boston destroyed, a saint uh, destroyed over in San Francisco, Ulysses S. Grant, Abraham Lincoln, and George Washington statue spray paint red you realize there's no condemnation. Therefore, there's an endorsement from Biden. You are now, the president is actually getting a gift because the hand is being revealed on where this country will go if November doesn't go his way. Don't you believe as a politician, this is a gift that he should try to take advantage of? Well,
15: I think it's, I think it's the center of the whole campaign. Uh, do you really want a big tax increase, left-wing system that uh, takes your money to pay off their union allies and guarantees that we have very, very slow economic growth for a decade? And do you really want a Biden-Pelosi-Schumer radical team uh, that is going to profoundly change your country in every way you can imagine? Or do you think that America is worth fighting for and America is worth preserving uh, as a system that has given more opportunity to more people from more places Uh, than anywhere
0: in history. And lastly, Newt, uh, what advice do you have for the president? Chris Dierwald said last night that the president just got to focus on the pandemic, on the coronavirus, because if things are this bad, there's people going to make a change in November. Do you agree?
15: Well, I think they've got to get the pandemic under control. And to be honest, I talked to my two daughters who are both very, very smart and uh, the younger one. uh, Jackie actually specialized in as a certified financial analyst. and She said she cannot figure out from the data they release what's going on. She said it is a total mess. So she can't tell you what we should be feeling off of. But uh, my guess is, I'm talking to you from Italy, as you pointed out, and in Italy now, people are out walking around the streets. The restaurants are open. The museums are open. Uh, there's no question here about going back to school. And uh, I think that... Uh, we need to recognize that a lot of what's going on in the U.S. is the news media doing everything they can to beat Donald Trump by, I think, greatly exaggerating the problem. And I suspect that will become more and more obvious during the month of July.
0: He is uh, Newt Gingrich. Pick up his book, uh, Trump and the American Future, Solving the Great Problems of Our Time. Newt, thanks. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. Bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to be joined by the Commissioner of Police from Nassau County, uh, Pat Ryder. So we'll talk about the virus, how he's gotten on top of it now, with the chances of opening up schools here, and what he hears from his colleagues in New York City, where chaos is taking over every borough. And in a like in a way that I only read about, But now I'm living through. And then we'll do a simulcast with Stuart Varney at 45 after. In between, I'm weaving in your calls. I see you online. Busy day. Don't move.
2: It's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox
8: News Podcasts Network, download and listen to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. The host of The Story on Fox News Channel sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: So I've been telling you about Portland and 41 days of unrest and organized unrest. with Antifa behind it, Seattle Times writes, Steve is there in Portland, Freedom 970.
14: Steve. Uh, Hello, Brian. Um, Thank you so much for taking my call. Good morning, sir. I'm not sure how much the uh, producer briefed you, but I am a law enforcement. I'm a police officer here in Portland. How's it going? Uh, well, uh, I think I could probably, you could, you could probably guess it's been better. Uh, Brian, uh, you know, in my part of the world, I'm, I'm dealing with all kinds of nonsense and a lack of respect. You know, it's nice to tune into a national program and hear somebody like you who actually gives the proper respect to law enforcement. Absolutely.
0: Sir. Uh, and I'll yeah. add this, Steve, let me ask him, does the, does the opposition look organized? There's a difference between anger and organized insurrection, insurrection. Okay. That's what it seems organized.
14: Yeah. Can you can you just wa- your tone is getting a little bit confrontational? Do you have some sort of an issue with me? No, it, not it, at like all, not wanna- at
0: all. I want. Can you identify the who these people are? The Antifa group.
14: Well, uh, obviously I can. Uh, are you questioning whether or not I can? That's that's strange to me. Are you're a supporter?
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Tom was on WIBX in Little Falls, New York. We'll try to get him a sobriety test. Hey, Tom.
9: Uh, <laughs> no, no, no need for. A Test. I haven't had my Guinness yet. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you were speaking uh, a little while ago, among many things, about energy. Joe Biden. And uh, uh, AOC is talking about wiping out all of the fossil fuels. Yep. So now, running right through my little town here is the main freight railroad. You have trains going by with four diesel units pulling maybe 50, 60, 70, 80 cars. How are you going to move all of that
0: No, She can't. She doesn't know what she's talking about, Tom. Thanks for the reality check
8: living the bream is a podcast hosted by fox news channels shannon bream sharing inspirational stories personal anecdotes and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com america's listening to fox news
2: information you want truth you demand this is the brian kilmeade show Clearly, we have a uh, huge problem
9: in New York City. There is no support for the men and women of the New York City Police Department. Every week, we're hearing something from City Hall regarding a new policing model, which clearly is not working. They're not doing anything for anyone. And then, how many more people really need to be uh, to die or get assaulted in New York City? We saw, you know, a video on the subway where a man stabbed two individuals, and you know, this is the growing sentiment that we're seeing where. People feel like there's no law enforcement. There's no law and order in the streets because of the public sentiment. And now innocent people are starting to get seriously hurt.
0: And now Sheriff uh, Sheriff Errol Tulon who's in Suffolk County on Long Island in New York. And joining us now is a guy in charge of the county right next to it. Uh, He is police commissioner of Nassau County, uh, Patrick Ryder. Uh, Commissioner, welcome back. Good morning, Brian. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, especially our listeners were heard around the country, but of course, uh, WABC listeners, WRCN listeners, it's pretty much your area. Um, can you just give me your perspective on current the current climate now? You're just outside Manhattan, but you're in New York, where these new bail rules, these new bail laws, and the sense of unrest exists. How much? How has your job changed over the last few months?
10: We've had we've had a run like I've never seen before in my 37 years. The last six months that started off with bail reform, justice reform, discovery issues, started the revolving door, started the, the criminal element, not staying in jail but getting out. We all agreed there should have been some reform that had to occur, but painting it with the broad brush, going too quickly uh, caused us a lot of problems because we saw the bad guys getting out, the real burglars, the real robbers getting out. They're the ones that need to stay incarcerated or be rehabilitated, if you will. Um, But those that we were the the revolving door, let those out. And that started our climb numbers to climb. Sitting next door to New York City, a a great police department, Dermot Shea and Terry Monahan, I speak to them quite often. They've got a real struggle on their hands. Um, The uh, unrest that's going on throughout this country is a struggle for all of us. But we started off with justice reform, then we went to COVID, and now the protests. Like I said, the last six and a half months, it's been a hell of a run, I tell you that.
0: <laughs> so, Commissioner, first off, there are, there's times people protest. There There's something that happens where the law enforcement was right or wrong, and people are angry about a, a political cause or a war. I get it. But what I found different about this is some of this stuff is so organized, as if they're they're thriving in it. Is there an organized element to this as opposed to the emotional element to this?
10: Absolutely. Nobody can stand by and watch what happened in Minneapolis. It was horrific. And no law enforcement in the country stands by that. But what's happened is you see this anti-police sentiment that's out there. You know, we've had over 120 officers killed in the line of duty this year alone. That's that's a 34% increase from last year now we're moving forward and you know we're trying to um bring the rhetoric down but there's organized groups that just keep coming they're working with radios they got earpieces they have spotters they have mappers they have advanced teams they know where they want to bring the protest when they bring it and they bring it with a purpose and and the purpose is not to bring the message about george floyd we've kind of lost that message and we all stood by it we all understood that had to get out there, but now it's got it's gone a different direction.
0: So what do they want? I mean, the, if you listen to Antifa, they call them to have anti-fascists, but they're anything but. They want to destroy the, the free market. I mean, how do you deal with a bunch of people in their 20s and 30s uh, that seem to be jobless but with money and organized at the same time seem to have a mission? What is the mission when you arrest these guys?
10: What is their mission? So, their mission—they don't know their mission. Is who's driving the bus on this this um, protest series, if you will? Who, who drives this bus? Who sends them their their plans for the day? Where's it coming from? Uh, there is a bigger organization above this. Antifa wants nothing but division and hatred that divides this country they want to keep pushing that message whether it's the anti-trump movement or, or whether it's just anti-government in itself like in the 60s the, the government was the enemy now it's the government it's trump it's it's police because we are the face of government we are the law and order we we are, took an oath to protect and serve we go above put our li- life on the line for complete strangers and then we're getting spit at. We're getting, you saw the other day, an egg thrown at a cop. We're being attacked from not only from changing of the laws with swift changes that, that don't even look and have discussions about maybe there's a change to be made. Let's do it the right way. It, it's, it's been a struggle for law enforcement. Um, the message that these guys have and how we change it has also been a bigger struggle. We've, we're letting them walk. We're letting them protest. They remain peaceful. That's all fine and good. Uh, as soon as they decide that there's going to be property damage or they're going to cause violence, we're going to make arrests.
0: So what I saw on Sunday and the New York Post posted the video is uh, two cops get out of the car and they looked like t- into two UFC fights. It looked like flat out wrestling. Uh, and by the way, both officers d- did well. And these two. I uh, just a uh, residence. I have no idea what, what even the charge was. They were asked to surge to a scene. But these guys, one officer had to take on multiple guys at the same time. I didn't see any backup come up. And the video lasts for six, seven minutes. How rare is that on the street?
10: It's not as common as you would see, but it has been more common in the past several months. And, and when you look at that, that battle, and, you know, look, we, we know that the chokehold has been banned by the state. It's been off our books for five years now in Nassau County. Um, but now they've gone and they've taken the carotid restraint hold. When an officer is up and fighting for his life and it, deadly physical force is being used against the officer, the officer has the right to use deadly physical force back. That, that's Tennessee versus Ghana. That, that's a U, United States Supreme Court decision. But you can't turn around and just, again, paint with the broad brush, and now they're coming out that you can't put their knee in their back. That's a method that we use across the country as control. If The smaller your back, once you have control of that area, the body can't really go to many different places. Legs and arms can move, but the body has to stay still. So now they're taking away the fact that you can't put your knee in the back, you can't put your uh, the shoulders, they got to slow down. We got to slow down and remember that the men and women that serve uh, and protect our residents here, both in Nassau County, New York City, and Suffolk, and all around the country, do it with honor, do it with respect. And and look, we got bad apples, as we saw in Minneapolis. Well, let's address them. Let's put them into the system. Let's have them go in front of a judge, and they'll answer the same way that the criminals answer the to, to, to the uh, to the system. But let's not just go and just paint with a broad brush and start moving against law enforcement law enforcement is what got us here that we have such low crime numbers in New York City in Nassau County in Suffolk County Nassau County is the safest county for its size and population in the country that's not by accident that's done by the great work of the men and women
0: so a lot of people apply to the city and they'll transfer back out but what does it do when a whole academy is told forget it you're on hold maybe forever that's what they decided to do to save money
10: it the 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 proof will be in the numbers and you saw the crime starting to rise up um that's that's across the country we're starting to see crime moving in the wrong direction uh that started back with with the justice reform the bail reform they went back to albany they changed some of the bail reform which is good to see um we haven't seen the final product some changes are coming still that's a good thing but that should have been done in the beginning and you know look we need to get this thing under control because you can't have rioters, looters, you know, people causing damage and causing violence and because they're pushing some agenda. And the agenda that, w- that we're seeing is not a healthy agenda for anybody in gotcha. society.
0: I want you to hear, you know what happened in Seattle, the embarrassment to this country. The autonomous zone was told to be allowed to set up by a, a mayor uh, and a police chief was asked to abandon a precinct. Now that precinct, that police chief's been told your budget's been cut 50 percent. Listen to Carmen Best.
10: Yes, we will be much less safe if they take 50 percent of the cops off the streets. Uh, they don't have a plan that I've heard uh, to do anything to maintain public safety. In the meantime, uh, I find this decision by the seven members of our city council to be incredibly reckless uh, and not taking into account the public safety of the other 750,000 people who live here in Seattle.
0: It's the it's the crazy radicals who are getting the attention. Real quick, uh, Commissioner Ryder, final thought?
10: Listen, walk one mile in a cop's shoes and you'll understand what they go through to, through the course of a day, from delivering babies to saving lives to, to getting involved in you know deadly physical force situations. It's not an easy job. We need to stand by our law enforcement. And we'll also, on the other side, we'll listen to the message, and we'll make those changes and adjustments to make sure that everybody's being treated fairly.
0: Commissioner uh, Patrick Ryder, thanks so much, Commissioner, for what you do. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Have a great day. Uh, inside, uh, running a police department in these times, uh, extremely difficult. 1-866-408-7669. When we come back, I'm going to be on with Stuart Varney. I'm going to take my jacket off and look like I'm breaking a story, almost like Jimmy Olsen when he was in Superman, black and white version. And then I'll be taking more of your calls. Back in a moment.
2: You're with Brian Kilmeade. Get this and all your favorite Fox News
8: podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details.
2: Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney & Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. Yeah,
0: in a moment, we're going to be going with Stuart Varney. I think uh, we'll join him in a few seconds. Keep in mind, too, if you have some time tonight at 8 o'clock, I'll be filling in for Tucker uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So tonight will be – I'm not really sure where we're going with the show yet. I'll meet with the producers in a little while, but you have an idea. It might be the best show on television. Period, uh, including Grey's Anatomy and everything else, uh, in including The Office. I think it's a better show. Why it's live and different. He's got good, really good hair. I think that plays a big role. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NBA, uh, sports being politically correct, as well as the chance of them actually playing a game. But first and foremost, we're talking about AOC, and then I'll be taking your calls right after that and getting to some of your emails. So we'll go back with Stuart Varney. Uh, when he's about ready. Also, we're going to be discussing uh, this COVID comeback and what Dr. Fauci said yesterday. And it seems as though the president went out of his way to say there's no rift between us. But I have a huge problem with he said yesterday. Let's listen.
1: Easton, Brian Kilmeade is with us. He's the host of The Brian Kilmeade Show. Look, well, Brian, um, we've seen a wave of crime in some of the big cities. I just want you to listen for a second, along with our audience, to what the president is saying about this. Roll tape.
12: increase in shootings in New York. Last month, over 300 people were shot. NYPD retirements have quadrupled, and they're going up even further. And New York City is out of control. When you have 20 people killed, 22 people killed in one weekend in Chicago, and you have 88 shootings, it's not even conceivable. That's worse than Afghanistan.
1: Look, Brian, let, let's be clear here. I'm fit to be tied about this. I live and work around New York City. There are numerous shootings. The police are disparaged and, frankly, just they're, they're no respect whatsoever. And we've got local officials from the mayor to AOC calling for, uh, what is it, a defunding of the police and blaming them and guns for what's going on here. Look, Brian, I know you're the same as me. I'm fit to be tied. I think this is a disgrace. Yeah, and
0: we just talked to, five minutes ago, the Nassau County Police Commissioner, who's in constant touch with New York City, and they are, uh, they say, look at these events. The COVID crisis, a lot of people out of work. Number two is uh, the bail reform. You really can't hold anybody more than an hour. And number three, they're emptying the prisons because of the COVID crisis. So people that have no business getting out of prison are now out and about. Then you factor you're in what they say is uh, the NYPD being overzealous in their actions, really? Overzealous in making this the safety safest big city in the world, which you don't know unless you visit here, is not only does the NYPD respected, usually get uh, tourists who want to take pictures with them, and they're asked to go around and speak in various police departments around the world, certainly around the country. And what's happening is they can't retire quick enough currently. They have just told the incoming class, you're done. So for those people who are planning on going to the academy all with college degrees or coming right out of high school, you're all set. You got the haircut. You got the uniform. Set to report. And now chaos. Over 2,000, there were going to be cops in the city. So no reinforcements and no anti-crime unit. Basically, I'm told, they're the eyes. They tell all these precincts where to go, what to do, and uh, where the problems are. So they lost that.
1: How do we get New York City to recover? How do we recover from the the lockdown and the violence when you've got authorities doing this kind of thing? Look, I got I got to predict New York City will not return to anything like we consider normal for years to come. And it's the it's the fault of local officials. What do you say?
0: I think we can reverse it quick. And here's why. All we need is somewhat of a competent, uh, determined experienced, not politician, but business person to take over this city. Remember how quick Mayor Bloomberg saw the template with Giuliani continued. It did a real good job. He got a great police commissioner in Ray Kelly. Uh, Dermot Che evidently has got that reputation, but he's got a horrible mayor in Mayor de Blasio who listens to his wife, who's got no sensibility at all about where this city should be heading, and basically wasted a billion dollars on a program that she's been unaccountable for. We still don't know where the money is. And they're painting Black Lives Matter across from... Uh, Fifth Avenue across from Trump Tower, Uh, they have a governor who knows there's a problem but will totally keep his hands off that problem because it might reflect on him. So he takes no control. It's a perfect storm of idiocy. And I believe if New Yorkers understand they got to do this thing called voting, you actually hit the lever, not only 20, more than 20 percent got to show up, we'll get the right man and or woman in there. One of those people is Harold Ford. He's a Democrat living in this city, loves it from tennessee i think he'd come in and do a great job
1: i know harold ford of course yeah but he we went to wall street actually rug. when he finished his his politics in, in tennessee he, he went into onto wall street very sensible straightforward guy and he's a democrat so he could win but when's the election for for the mayor of new york when is it we got, got another year and a,
0: yeah we got another year oh. and a half uh but i just think that it's going to take a groundswell from the people to understand how bad it is. And that we're all on the same side. And when you see the people that need the policing the most, it's the working class communities. It's the, yep. uh, 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 the cities who are up against it, who need the policing the most. The hardworking people looking to make their circumstances better. They're going to realize and reach out. And we're already seeing it in Minneapolis uh, and, in, uh, and in Seattle, where these business people are going, listen, I know who the bad guys are. And it's not the cops.
1: Well, I'd like to hear from Joe Biden. Take back control of the Democrat Party away from the radicals who seem to be running it now. His
0: silence says he's complicit. His silence says he's complicit with the status quo. He's okay with Minneapolis. He's okay with Chicago. He's okay with Uh, the chaos in Portland where their Antifa runs rampant through the streets. And he's okay with happening in New York because his mouth's shut. There's a guy who's not okay with it. It's the President of the United States and his Democratic mayors who are falling flat on their face for the whole world to see.
1: Brian, I'm sorry. Got to go. Hard break. Here it is. Brian, kill me. Thank you very much indeed, sir.
0: All right. uh, I'm not against a hard break yet. Am I, uh, Eric? i got about a minute real quick. Let's go to Al in Clearwater, Florida.
10: Al.
13: Hello, Brian.
0: Yeah, what's on your mind quick, Al? I want to get you in.
10: Not too much. I just think there's too few of people getting too much presence in the news, and the real people out there, when you
13: speak to them on the street, not all, but the majority of people I speak to really condemn what's going on. They can't understand it, the, the monuments, the rioting, the looting, and why there is no control. They just don't get it. But yet those numbers of people, if you put them in a little drop in the bucket
10: is what they are. And like you said earlier, you know, what's their real motive? Who's behind them? What, what's their reasoning?
13: If you took a news crew on the street out there, stuck a microphone to one of their face, and asked them their questions, none of them could reply coherently probably to what they're doing and why they're doing it other than the fact they would say,
10: well, my friend said he was coming down here to see what was going on, so I thought I'd go with him.
0: Yeah, and you know what? You know, if there's a spontaneous riot, like when the Lakers win a championship or the Patriots, uh, page so used to. It. They don't riot. Then you go, oh, well, they got emotional. They drank too much. The Eagles won a championship, but this isn't emotion. This is plotted and planned. And uh, and I want to know who's behind it because I don't. Th- the mission is seems insidious.
8: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to the one with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of the Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Hope you have a great day.
0: Hope you're having a great week. Uh, man, if you're in New York, you're not. Uh, there's been a lot of shootings in New York City. A lot of people are out of work. One out of five are out of work here. Even though the COVID virus has been crushed uh, in Nassau and Suffolk and in New York City, for now, we watch it flare up again. Uh, so we'll take a look at that. That's uh, the number one issue in the world right now. It remains the number one issue. Chris Steyer, well, at the bottom of the hour, he believes this whole election is going to be decided on the pandemic. That's it. Case closed, case open. And Lee Terrell is standing by. Uh, civil rights uh, attorney is outraged about what has happened since the George Floyd uh, killing. So before we waste any more time, oh, let's get right to the big three so I can get through it. Now
2: with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
4: Number three. I truly think that if we do this right, we have an incredible opportunity to not just dig out of this crisis, but to fundamentally transform
0: the country. Great. Biden's America, the former VP, giving us a glimpse at America if he wins. Let's just say total transformation is an understatement. Uh, there are people there pulling his strings that want even more transformation. Is that what you want from energy to foreign policy to spending and taxes? It's a new ball game. Time for Trump to expose Biden and dispose of Biden if he wants to win. It's got to start now. Number two.
6: Children in school and out are not the spreaders of COVID nineteen. Over ninety five percent of the time, it's adults, so we we can't target them and take them out of schools. Very big tragedy from a public health point of view.
0: Dr. Mark Siegel, COVID comeback has more schools delaying reopening, but is that fair to students when the risk is so very small and the price of missing school so great? Plus, Houston's mayor, Los Angeles's mayor on the cusp of another total lockdown is that the way to go number one
3: if we continue to go about this issue as demonizing and criticizing law enforcement without limitations and not recognizing the dangers the challenges and the human elements then we will live in a space that is lawlessness because you won't find good men and women willing to do this job
0: Violence rages across the country as New York shootings soar, Antifa organizes and terrorizes Portland, while funds leave police departments in cities like Seattle, Minneapolis, uh, Chicago and Philadelphia, and innocent children in many cases lose their lives. Someone's got to make a stand. With me right now is Leo Terrell. Uh, Leo is a civil rights attorney. You see him all over the channel. Uh, uh, Passionate on all sides, uh, all, uh, all issues. Leo, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime in terms of what's happening in the inner city. Have you?
16: No, Brian, it is scary, it's frightening, and I'll just tell you right now, the Democratic Party, the entire party, is in the back pocket of Black Lives Matter, an extremist group. You look at what's going on. Only Trump is talking about law and order. These democratic cities are doing nothing. Uh, you got Mayor de Blasio painting a sign and abandoning support for the police department. The killings going on in these democratic cities. It's scary. That's, that's why, Brian, I have left the Democratic Party. They are just totally lawlessness.
0: Uh, and, Leo, we, we've seen you, and I, I see the passion there. You know there are things about uh, race in America that need to be addressed. But have we addressed any of those things since uh, George Floyd's death?
16: Brian, let me just be very clear. There is a big lie going on. They want, you know, the Democrats and Black Lives Matter want everyone in this country to believe that racist police officers exist throughout every police department. That's a lie. There might be 1 or 2% of bad officers. 98% of officers are great. There are people of color, of all different colors. The Black Lives Matter have hijacked. The George Floyd murder, which was a horrible murder, and they have tried to give the false image that every police officer is racist. As a result, they're shaking down corporations for money, a la Al Sharpton type. And what's happening right now is a focus where the Democratic Party will not criticize Black Lives Matter. That's what got me so upset.
0: So the group, if you click on it, and I did it, uh, it says... Uh, Act blue, so you're you're contributing to the to the Democratic Party in doing that. Why would they allow that? Why would they be? Why would they do something so flagrantly dumb and polarizing? If they want to be a mission and if they want to be powerful, why would they adhere themselves to a party?
16: Uh, you know what? If you can answer that question, if people can answer that question. We would get a total change of flavor as far as what's going on in these cities. They have hooked line and sinker the democratic party which means the democratic party or is in bed with them and more importantly let me be very clear brian black lives matter doesn't care about all black lives it only cares about if a black person is killed by a police they don't care about black on black crime they don't care about black officers being killed if you don't believe me there's a very incompetent commentator i don't want to mention his name don lemon who said that last week my point is very simple President Trump is the only guy talking about cleaning up the streets as far as law and order. Black families want police department support. Why? Because it's the only line of defense between the criminals and their safety, Brian. This right. is crazy.
0: This Democratic congressman from Georgia said this about what he's seeing in the Atlanta streets and what the pres- where the president stands. Cut nine.
4: Most people, including black people, they want law enforcement to be out there enforcing the law. I think people just want it to be, they want them to be fair, they want them to be swift in justice. And we lost a baby girl, too, in Atlanta, eight years old, and it wasn't to a police officer. More people have died from the protests of Black Lives Matter than prior to that. And so sometimes it's hypocritical, it's almost as if some black lives matter. But all black lives should matter and all lives should matter. So I thank you, Mr. President, for what you're doing. Thank and I stand solidly with you.
0: So that's why he was at the president's roundtable yeah. yesterday. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I wish it was less roundtable and more commission that was going to report to him back September and maybe, let's say, September 15th with things we can do.
16: That Georgia Democrat spoke the truth there, Brian. Fern and i am telling you right now, yeah. you That Democratic mayor of Atlanta, she's been playing politics. She used that horrible murder of uh, Rashad Brooks and tried to blame those officers. They're playing politics because they're pandering. Keisha Lance Bottom wants to be the vice president nominee. They're pandering to Black Lives Matter. And I'll tell you right now, I want to make sure everyone understands this. This is not 1960. We don't have Bull Connor and the German Shepherds. There is not institutional racism within police departments, Brian, because these big mayors, these big cities are run by people of color. It is a lie, a big lie about systemic discrimination.
0: Big lie. uh, In in Atlanta, our nine-year-old honor roll student was shot as he filmed a TikTok video. Uh, He was shot four times in a drive-by shooting. What could a nine-year-old have done to be worthy of being shot four times?
16: Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm begging Democrats, independent, law and order Democrats, independent, leave the Democratic Party, please, because we got to establish a sense of responsibility and public safety. The number one goal of every... City, government, county is public safety, and the Democrats have abandoned that, and that's why. And Brian, I have credibility. I'm a civil rights attorney. I've been on the left. I know the game. But what I'm saying right now, they are in the back pocket of Black Lives Matter and Al Sharpton. This got to stop.
0: So, what's interesting is, and my analogy is this you know, sometimes when a team wins a championship, and Philadelphia Eagles, first one they won, You know they had emotional. Everyone's drinking. They they kind of wreck the place. They get up the next day and they turn over (laughs) cars in Detroit. We get it. That's emotion, right? Emotion. Yes. But this is different. And I asked the Nassau County Police Commissioner because there's been there's such organization with some of these things. It kind of it really uh, it really hit me that there's some other mission behind it. And I asked the police commissioner this last hour of Nassau County, New York. Here, let's what he said.
10: You no know, we've had over hundred and twenty officers killed in the line of duty this year alone that's that's a thirty four percent increase from last year. Now we're moving forward and you know we're trying to um bring the rhetoric down, but there's organized groups that just keep coming. they're working with radios they' got earpieces they have spotters, they have mappers they have advanced teams they know where they want to bring the protest when they bring it, and they bring it with a purpose and and the purpose is not to bring the message about George Floyd, we've kind of lost that message.
0: Listen, that that's a cop. I mean that's an investigator who's now commissioner. What is he talking about?
16: I'll tell you what he's talking about. This is the this is this Black Lives Organization, the extremist group, I'm gonna give them credit on one thing. They're well organized. They have used social media. They're almost using tactical approach to create destruction in this country this is a very well organized finance extremist organization and i'm pleading with senator ron johnson people of the homeland security there needs to be a massive investigation into black lives matter where's all this money going who's financing this how are they organized the organizational structure of black lives matter needs to be examined because they have created chaos in our country
0: uh, there, there's no question. So have you gotten blowback since you've been so critical of them?
16: Let me think about that. Hell yes. I have been attacked from from the moment I appeared on Fox about five weeks ago. All of a sudden, I'm a sellout. All of a sudden, the 30 years that I have spent on the left, 30 years of civil rights uh, legislation, being a trial lawyer, fighting for justice, I have been attacked. I don't care. I have been Uh, basically ignore, shun. I don't care because you know what? It's country first, party second, Brian. And I will continue to speak out as many opportunities that I have to talk about this. The Democratic Party has basically left really political reality and their only obsession is to try to get Trump out of office. Trump is the only man who can restore law and order in these democratic cities.
0: And by the way, if Joe Biden would even give lip service to how disturbed he, what I hope would be about what is happening in Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland, in New York and Philadelphia and Chicago, if he would give lip service to it, he could cover himself. But what he's doing is he's leaving open the police unions. He's leaving open the police families because he's making it clear by being silent that he doesn't care or it doesn't work for him politically. What I find interesting, Leo, is these, Liberal mayors in Portland and Seattle that were for these autonomous movements and for the protest. It's all blowing up in their face. And they'd love to blame a Republican or the president. But no, it was their policies, their freedom that they gave the insurgents who took precincts, took over streets and only took more, never gave back. I hope we learned something from this. I'm not optimistic that we will. Final thought.
16: Preach, you are 100% right, Brian. Joe Biden is an empty suit. He's being run by extremist surrogates. I would hope that he would somehow see the light and understand that this his party has been hijacked. And if he has any sense of... Conscious for this country, he will speak out against Black Lives Matter and start talking about law and order and protecting our streets because of his base wants that protection. And I really appreciate this time, Brian, to spe- speak my mind on this. Thank Leo, you. Leo,
0: you always speak. And by the way, if you want to follow him, and I know you do, at the Leo Terrell, that's T-E-R-R-E-L-L. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Brian. Go get him. Bottom of the hour, uh, Chris Starwell. But next, I want you, when we come back, you're going to hear from Anthony Fauci. Subtly, why his analysis drives me nuts.
2: This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Jason in the house, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on Fox Podcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
5: The Europeans
12: have done it. People in Asia have done it. We did not shut down entirely, and that's the reason why when we went up, we started to come down, and then we plateaued at a level that was really quite high, about 20,000 infections a day. Then as we started to reopen, we're seeing the surges that we're seeing today.
0: So Anthony Fauci, uh, really, he's uh, quite disturbed that we didn't shut down totally. We did shut down. Uh, Everybody was shut down. There was a few states like Montana and South Dakota and North Dakota that didn't uh, shut down. Florida had shut down. Texas shut down. But then they got fired up again right away because infections were down. And this is what drives me nuts. China... Didn't shut down. They shut down the Wuhan province. Everything else was fine. You can't compare what South Korea and Taiwan was doing. They were a tenth, they were were one-hundredth the size of us. same with Europe and those countries. And if you look at Russia, we'll never get true uh, numbers from there. But they got the same uh, huge country, which makes it impossible. So I didn't hear much from Anthony Fauci saying, wait a second, Florida is rushing too much. Maybe he whispers because, you know, I worry, I do this. But would you have with Anthony Fauci as a guy sitting there go, yeah, I'm really concerned. Wear masks now after two months. Remember, he's going to wear gloves for a while. Remember, the services were a real spreader. Then it was, uh, you know, you can't really go person to person. But then you actually can go uh, person to person. And then you got to stay in groups of 10. And now it's six feet. Others say three feet. So now we're on the same page. And now he's upset that people opened up too quick. Europe didn't do it Right. The people that did it right are Taiwan, but you can't compare the size of the country. And I think South Korea to a degree. Japan had four or five different flows into their country and back. But what we have is something Japan, Taiwan, and, um, and China don't have. And that is huge influx of tourists, which he was slow to say the president was right to ban in Europe, the U.K., and first China. So that's what bothers me about it. If he always if he opened it up with early on, I thought this and this is what I would do right now. And this is what I wish I recommended earlier as opposed to, yeah, nobody listens to me. I subtly believe that I'm 100 percent right. Listen to what Governor Cuomo is doing. Cut 20.
4: You must give officials at the airport your form as to where you came from and where you're going before you leave the airport. It will be enforced in every airport in the state of New York. If you leave the airport without filling out uh, the information, not only can you have a $2,000 fine, you can then be brought to a hearing and ordered to comp- complete mandatory quarantine.
0: Right. We've got nothing else to do. So the cops that are being defunded and, uh, and defamed now have to chase down innocent people who are getting off a plane. Uh, Incredible. Rich, listen, WDBO in Orlando. Rich. Uh, Let's go to Fred, KJJ, in Lake Havishaw, Arizona. Fred.
9: Hey. Uh, Yeah, good morning. I got two things to say with respect to uh, New York and also uh, these upcoming elections. First of all, the, the people in New York... The people in uh, LA and Chicago ought to recall their mayors I and know. the city council. It's It's. very. It's, uh, we did it in California a year ago. We got rid of a, a governor uh, because he was screwing up, and that's what should be done. Number two, I just want to tell everybody out there, now you see the importance of local elections. City council and mayors, they have a lot of power, and they definitely will affect you personally. And don't blow them off like we've done in so many years, because you get the wrong people in there, and this is what you end up with.
0: Thanks so much. Great point. Uh, Thomas, Arkansas. Thomas.
9: Thank you, Brian. Excuse me. Thank you, Brian, for taking my call right quick. Uh, Same point as what the last caller made. We point out these elected officials and these radical direction are taking it. You've got to go back and start saying, hey, voters, you put these people in there. You're the ones that are at fault. You don't like your city burned. You don't like the, the cost being defunded, whatever. It's your fault. You're the See. ones who put them there. And it, it's got to be emphasized. I know that sounds cruel and no. harsh, but look at Chicago. They have been this way for decades. They put the same people there, and they don't change. So it's the folks in these cities who do not take the stand and say, okay, we're at fault for putting these yehoos there. we got to make the change. And people have got, like you and everybody else, you do make that point, but not enough is made about that. Like the it. voters have got I like it. Only
0: 20% showed up in New York, and we got this clown.
8: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
4: Trump's COVID scandal makes what Nixon did at Watergate look innocent. Nobody died in the Watergate scandal. Thousands of people are going to die in this COVID scandal. And that is all the difference in the world. You look at the facts... The facts clearly demonstrate Trump was wrong from day one and New Yorkers have been right from day one. There's no argument. There's nothing to tweet about. The facts are in. The numbers are in. Right.
0: Uh, That's looking at things from all angles. He looked at himself and says, I'm perfect, which is unusual for Andrew Cuomo. He usually waits every 20 minutes to say it. Yesterday, he said it every five. Uh, joining us now is Chris Steyerwalt, political editor for Fox News. Uh, he has his Fox half, halftime report, which we like to read. And we also like to get his podcast, which he does with Dana Perino, because he couldn't carry it himself. Uh, Chris, welcome back.
11: <laughs> much much like this segment. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why we need to get Dana on the phone. Um, you know, I, I, it's amazing to hear Cuomo talk like that, given the new reporting that's out on what happened in nursing homes in New York I mean, look, I don't think that I don't think that Cuomo wanted people to die uh, in New York nursing homes. I think Cuomo was probably making the decision that he thought was the best and the safest at the time. I don't think he had malign intent, but my goodness, given what's going on for him right now, I would think he would be the last person, last politician in America who would be making allegations of wrongful death against another. Jeez. Sienna did
0: a poll, and they say 72% of New Yorkers expect to get hit with another wave, that the worst is not over. And I think that Governor Cuomo, after seeing Florida, Texas, uh, Georgia, uh, you name it, get hit when they thought they were out of the woods, would be street smart enough to know don't take a bow and start celebrating before you get in the end zone. I'm in New York, so I'm directly affected. The last thing I want is to shut down again. We still can't go into a restaurant. I see pictures of other people's in restaurants. That's good enough for me. But, Chris, also, this guy a week before the the, the pandemic really slammed New York was saying everything's fine. Our hospital's going to be able to withstand everything. This is the guy that begged for a ship that we didn't use and begged for the Javits Center funds to be converted, and he only used a handful of beds. So what has he been right about? All the ventilators he asked for which he didn't need? So I well, mean look, for him to say he's been playing a perfect game is hardly right.
11: Yeah, I just think, you know, in in a time like this, people of good faith, people of goodwill have to acknowledge and that's why I think for example like the White House going after Fauci and stuff is really unfortunate, you have to acknowledge that this has been a bewildering this has been a very challenging thing to deal with. It is a disease, unlike others that we yep. know. Uh, and as we're watching now with new infections among young people rising, deaths rising, we still don't really have a handle on this virus, how it works and what it does. And it's, it's scary on the one hand. But on the other hand, it is also a cause for us to be circumspect about our own thinking. In March and April, a lot of Americans had a lot of strong opinions about how things were. It's like the flu. You're a bunch of weenies, well, it's like this, and you are you guys are not taking enough precautions. This virus doesn't care about your feelings. it doesn't care whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or black or white or any of that stuff. Uh, and in, unless we can act like grown ups right and not allow our feelings to interfere with good rational decision making. We'll never deal with this thing. We Uh, will never deal with this thing if we continue to act like a bunch of babies.
0: Unless you change your mind in 24 hours. What I thought was so significant is what you said yesterday, and that is that you believe this election will be turned on the handling of the pandemic. Who's better equipped and who is doing better? If Trump uh, can't get on top of it to the best you can on on an unprecedented event, he's not going to win. You still hold to that? (laughs)
11: Yeah, he's got to get serious. And I I don't know, you know, they've, they've tried. Look, I'm not saying that the question about statues and civil unrest and all is, is unimportant and that people don't care about it. I'm not saying that a million things don't matter. But what I am looking at is in an administration and a president that don't seem to understand what voters care about. There is a real disconnect here. And if I were this, if I were advising this president, I would say everything that you do every day needs to telegraph to the American people that you are on it, that you are serious about it, that you are working hard to do it, both from an economic standpoint and from a public health standpoint. And everything else, whether it's uh, keeping Roger Stone out of prison or Twitter fights or anything else, has to go to the wayside because people are genuinely concerned right now.
0: But if you if Chuck Woolery says something and he doesn't have the followers, how else do you yeah. get the word out? Uh, so, I, I having said that, and I don't argue with you, uh, I have no problem with the vice president getting substantial responsibility. You know, George Bush forty one had it, uh, yeah. Al Gore had it, and certainly Joe Biden will go to bat that you know he handled a lot of serious stuff, including according to Ron Klain, the last possible pandemic in which, according to Ron Klain, they lucked out. Because yeah. they see how bad it can get. And that's a direct quote from him. So I want to tell you what else Joe Biden did yesterday. It's not informational, but I want to get your reaction to it. You know this already. He says, America's ready for systematic institutional change. He's confident that he'll win the election and that he'll have an opportunity. This is an inflection point. I don't believe it's unlike anything, that, uh, it's unlike anything except for it's unlike what President Franklin Delano Roosevelt faced, I think we have an enormous opportunity to make some real systemic changes relating to racism, institutional ways in which we handle things, and I think the country is really ready. And then he went on to talk about energy, 100% clean electricity standards by 2035, back in the Paris climate change, 2 trillion over 4 years on clean energy. So he's given a signal to the energy business. Uh, Time's running out, there's an expiration date on fracking, oil and gas and he's also saying get ready for a titanic change do you think the country is welcoming that message
11: well you know every time some uh in 2008 barack obama and joe biden also invoked the new deal for democrats and this was true for lyndon johnson this is true for bill clinton like every time they want it to be the new deal again right because that's that was the high water mark for the Democratic Party in the twentieth century when they were able to so fundamentally change, thanks to Woodrow Wilson laying the groundwork, but FDR was able to so fundamentally change the relationship between the government and the governed and the way and what the priorities and 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 activities of the government were. I doubt that we are in a place like that. Um, and I also think that Joe Biden's plan, look, his, his climate plan is expensive and ambitious, uh, and it's not the $2 trillion where he says he's going to fund a new sort of patient core to employ people, for the government to employ people on remediation work. The real expense there is, what's in the details on making the shift? And is natural gas considered a clean energy no, source? No, not the Democrats. Goods? Well, I I have not read his plan yet. If he proposes to do all electricity in 15 years and do it without even natural gas, the amount of nuclear that you would have to bring online, which brings its own controversies. So I guess that's a way to say the details here matter a great deal because that could be hugely expensive for American consumers if you were going to do that now. And especially given the fact that China, India and other countries, Russia, Eastern European countries, they're polluting maximal, right? They're dumping all of this stuff. And the United States going to that point with those costs, especially with an economy that's facing a deep, serious recession, I think that's probably a non-starter.
0: Yeah, I think it's a non-starter, but it doesn't mean he's not going to do it. And it also doesn't mean he's not going to raise taxes. He already told us he was. Tim Murtaugh tweeted back, he runs the president's uh, campaign, we told you there was no moderate lane for Joe Biden. Two trillion for pie in the sky, clean energy, massive tax increases needed for the boondoggle. And Biden makes clear he's coming after your car too. AOC and Bernie Sanders have seized control. And he is it, she he does brag that he's won over Joe Biden to Bernie Sanders, and AOC is an advisor and seems to be very much on board. Now, if you are plotting and planning for President Trump, I think you got a couple of categories that are exploitable. I don't know if he's going to choose to run through it. Cops, cops' families, and friends of cops, including the police unions, because Joe Biden's silence during this says a lot. Because it went from defunding to chaos. Are you for it? And number two. Uh, Anybody in the energy business, anybody who's been fracking, making money off fracking, anybody has been doing oil, anyone's doing, uh, whether you're in shipping or drilling, I think you've got this area to say it is a black and white issue, but we're not talking about skin color.
11: Mm -hmm. I think think talking about how expensive uh, global warming and climate change is an issue that Americans say that they care about, but then when you ask them what they'd be willing to sacrifice in order to deal with it, it's, it turns out to be not very much. Now, as far as tax increases to pay for it, uh, as the president has demonstrated, nobody cares about deficits anymore, uh, and we are, we are burning through, you know, we'll be at $30 trillion in no time. Uh, Debt and deficit is neither. If if Joe Biden wanted to really stick it to Trump, he'd be talking now about Trump's deficits. But he doesn't want to talk about that, I'm sure, because Democrats are counting on this fact in this new era in which we just spend and never pay for it. And somehow that's going to work. And I would point out that in June, inflation was up considerably, that we saw a real tick up in inflation. We are facing a credit crunch and a debt crunch in this country that could be catastrophic, as both parties promise trillions and trillions in new spending, but never talk about the taxes they'd raise to pay for it.
0: He is uh, Chris Dyer-Walt. We, who ne- never talks about paying his own taxes. Do you ever pay your own no, taxes?
11: I don't pay taxes. I'm making nation of myself. It's in Micronesia, it's the and I just do it.
0: Thanks, Chris. Uh, Chris Dyer, well, he's a wealth of knowledge, and he's very wealthy because he keeps all his money. He doesn't give any to the government. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. 1-866-408-7669. Back to wrap things up and say something substantial in just a moment.
2: It's Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's
1: Brian Kilmeade. The only thing, the only thing that will help us with what we're doing today is for them to use the mask and be socially distant. We're finding an awful lot of people that are extremely aggressive against complying to those environments that is really not understandable at all. So we need to make sure that everybody complies to those issues around keeping your hands clean, wearing the mask and being socially distant. That's the only thing that's going to slow down this pandemic in South Florida at this point.
2: And
0: what South Florida is doing is, which I hope every state does, and that's effort to open up schools with the goal being to open up schools, not just kick back. Uh, Are they reopening up schools in America right now? In Detroit they tried, and they're trying, but do you realize people blocked the buses? They had protesters blocking the buses in Detroit because they felt as though their city was being guinea pigs. Really? I thought if you lead and try to open up schools for people first, that means you're being favorited. That's favoritism, but you look at it as guinea pigs. I'm not there. But in California, America's second Largest school district in Los Angeles seems to be delaying at least a month. They're going to wait to the fall, maybe September. Los Angeles and uh, the Unified District of San Diego. I find that dis, uh, you know disconcerting. Why not make the effort to open up safely? But I found out why because I looked to see what the LA Teachers Union is demanding in public schools, which I hear are terrible. It looks like a list that handed out by Hillary Clinton. 500 billion in federal assistance for K through 12. Really? What about the other 49 states? But I go on. To fund police. Wow, that is under the auspices of school safety. Medicare for all. Wow, that's interesting. Medicare for all. Why don't you just worry about getting nurses proper equipment so they can tend to kids that might turn uh come in positive or feeling sick? A wealth tax Yes. If there's anything to keep people from leaving California, is it to tell to tax them more, especially the wealthy when you need their tax dollars. A millionaire's tax. Great. As opposed to the wealth tax. So a millionaire that happens to be wealthy, going to get hit twice and financial support for illegal immigrants. So people that don't belong, that snuck in, got here illegally, you're going to get dollars, which will bring in more illegal immigrants. That's why California is a mess. An absolute beautiful city with so much promise in history that's an absolute train wreck. And their governor shutting things down. Now, did he open up too quick? I don't think so. I mean, good. a Democratic governor opened up too quick. It wasn't happening. He was banning people from beaches. So that is just the nature of this virus. That's what we're finding out. Would you will find out. If Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, you will find out that almost none of this is his fault. That if yeah if he was Nostradamus and could have predicted what China was refusing to tell and WHO was refusing to either report or find out, that's one thing. Richless on WDBO in Orlando. Hey, Rich.
5: Good morning. I love your show. Thank you. I'm a retired. I'm a retired New York City police officer from Long Island. I was one of the original community police officers when they implemented it during the Dinkins administration. And you saw it as a mess? It was a total mess. And then one of our own was murdered by a drug dealer, and they pushed community policing forward. And I was hired. I was a, a beat officer in uh, east flatbush brooklyn and at the start it was kind of rough because it was it was a total mess but eventually me and my partners got accepted by the community and as soon as that happened the crime rate went down
0: thanks rich appreciate it howard Listen to uh, coil in omaha nebraska howard
9: uh, Brian, I want to second your think, your recommendation for a Justice Commission. We really need leadership from the top, though. We need the Justice Department to put a lot of resources behind this, responsible legislation to follow. Uh, otherwise, you've got a Tower of Babel effect out there where everybody's coming up with their own across the nation, their own approaches.
0: In a way. But, but Howard, you know, you don't want somebody in Washington telling you how to police the streets of Nebraska. And I, I appreciate the local... Feedback. I would have some oversight, but what it takes to deal with Chicago, you don't need somebody in Chicago saying, I want you to mirror the tactics of Chicago. By the way, they're great people there, but they're just totally backed out of the inner city telling you how to do things in Nebraska or Kansas. It's just different. But I would have some fundamental standards, but the federal government is basically a bystander unless they implement the military or, or organize the National Guard. And we're seeing that over and over again. Uh, Robert WVGA Valdusta. Beautiful Valdusta. Robert.
13: Right, Brian, um, the word I like to say is accountability. You know, it starts at the top with the Department of Justice and William Barr charging those of the previous administration that corrupted our government. And then it goes to the local cities and accountability and charging those that have caused this chaos and rioting and looting on our streets. The local man at Our supermarkets and stores and things, they're not talking about coronavirus, we're doing well here, we're open, but they're talking about the law and order need and that people need to respect our flag and our country and do what is right within our cities.
0: All right. Uh, Thanks, Robert. I hear you. We just need I think Valdosta is not the problem in Georgia. I hear but I hear Atlanta is a huge problem and the leadership is confused and the mayor is looking to be the vice presidential nominee and loves taking on the Republican governor, Brian Kemp, which doesn't help. The citizens of Georgia. But why should citizens matter? They seem to just be bystanders, and in this case, many cases, victims. Hey, make sure to watch me on Tucker Tonight at 8 o'clock. A lot of these topics will be able to blow up, work with their producers. It's the number one show in television, and hopefully we can keep it there. And I'll see you back on Wednesday. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.